0: In 2 Timothy chapter number 1, a very familiar verse, uh, uh, verse number 7, and out of respect to the Word of God, if you're able, let's all stand together, and we're going to read this one verse this morning, and we're all going to read it together, and so 2 Timothy chapter number 1 and verse number 7. Let's all read it together. Here we go. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. God hath not given us the spirit of fear. The title of the message this morning is The Grip of Fear. The Grip of Fear. This is a message uh, that I preached in the church that I pastored in upstate New York uh, several years ago. We had a, a first responders appreciation day. And uh, it was geared uh, towards the first responders, the police officers, and the firefighters, uh, and, and folks of that nature. Uh, and but nonetheless, uh, we 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 brought the angle of people when people are afraid, they're glad to see a first responder. Amen. And uh, but nonetheless, in this time, in this time of uncertainty, in this time of fear uh, that's gripped our nation, that's gripped our world, uh, we need to be reminded uh, that the ultimate first responder is the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and our faith needs to be uh, strengthened uh, when you've heard the statement, the saying, uh, the darker the night, the brighter the light. And we as Christians, we know the Lord. And so let's let our light shine brightly uh, through this difficult time. Let's not judge folk. Uh, if folks are, are, are shutting things down and they're wearing masks and they refuse to hand, uh, shake hands, uh, that's okay. Uh, let's, let's not be judgmental. Let's be gracious. Let's show Christian liberty and Christian grace. But at the same time, let's take a stand uh, for faith uh, in, a, in, in a known God in, in the midst of unknown circumstances. And let's make sure we have that kind of a spirit. I hope and pray that the message this morning will encourage you towards that end. Let's bow together for a prayer, and then we'll get into the message. Father in heaven, we love you. Lord, we're so grateful, once again, for passages uh, like this one. During these uncertain times in our lives, dear God, when uh, it is fearful, Lord, there are things that that bring fear into our hearts. Lord, you remind us yet again that uh, the fear of man doth bring a snare, but Whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. Thank you for that promise, dear God. Thank you for uh, this promise in 2 Timothy chapter 1, and verse 7, that you have not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. Lord, help us to live that. Help us to flesh that out. Help us, Lord, to be a beacon of hope uh, to our family members, to our relatives, to our neighbors, to our coworkers. Lord, not in a judgmental way, but Lord, in a loving and kind and gracious way, uh, point them to you. Uh, The one the one thing and and person that never changes. Lord, help us uh, to honor you through this. Please, dear God, may you be lifted high. May our nation be drawn to you as a result uh, of this virus that's spreading throughout our world. Lord, we love you. Thank you for this time together. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. It's obvious that there is a spirit or there is a a, uh, spirit of fear in our culture. Uh, we live during a time when there's a spirit of fear everywhere. Uh, and, and mind you, <clears throat> when I preached this several years ago, uh, there was no coronavirus happening. There was uh, no this pandemic and and all uh, businesses shutting down and that sort of thing. But nonetheless, there was there is and, and was then and still is today a spirit of fear everywhere. Considering all that is going on in our world, we can understand why people are afraid. Uh, We have shootings that are taking places in schools in churches in businesses uh, more frequently than we've ever seen in the history of our country. Uh, We have, of course, uh, new diseases coming into existence. Excuse me. We can understand why people would be fearful. Uh, The threat of war is constantly looming uh, over not only our nation, but the world. Uh, We can understand why people would be fearful. We live in uncertain times, to say the least. Uncertainty creates fear. Our society and our communities are gripped with fear right now. They're gripped with it. Uh, Listen to what a person by the name of Anonymous said. He said, what we don't understand, we fear. What we fear, we judge as evil. What we judge as evil, we attempt to control. And what we cannot control, we attack. Anonymous said the things that we can't understand, uh, we automatically assume that they're evil and bad and wicked. And, and if we can't understand them, when we think they're evil. We attack them. We try to control them. We try to attack them. Listen, fear is, is something that will paralyze us. Fear is something that will stop progress. Fear hinders productivity. Listen, and the Bible tells us here in Second Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7, God did not intend for his children to live with a spirit of fear. Can we say amen to that? Amen. God did not intend for you and I to live uh, fretful and worrying and wringing our hands and stressing out. Uh, fear is the ex- exact opposite of faith. Uh, faith says, I don't understand. I, I don't un- I don't know all the details. I don't know how it's going to work out. But I do know the one who understands all the details. I do know the one who, know how, who knows how, this, how it's going to work out. And I trust him. I trust the God of the universe, the creator of all mankind, the one who is my savior, the one who loves me so I trust him. Uh, You see, in 1994, a study was done that showed that 15 percent of Americans suffered from some severe anxiety, worry, stress, fear, so to speak, the type that would be categorized as clinical as a clinical diagnosis. Uh, That was in 1994. As of 2009, that percentage, it was 15% in 1994. Uh, In 2009, it was 49% of people in our communities, in our society, suffer from severe anxiety. Listen, that was 2009. I'm sure that in 2020, especially with all that's going on, that number is through the roof. We suffer greatly from stress from worry, and from fear. According to a study in 1973, 50% of people believed that the average person was trustworthy. That's back in 1973. 50% of people say, hey, you know, I can trust folks. In 2013, that same study revealed that 67% of people believed that you could never be too careful in dealing with other people. Uh, notice how our trust is, is waning. Our trust is diminishing. Uh, we're, we're increasing in our fears and we're decreasing in our faith. As the Apostle Paul traveled the world preaching about the Lord Jesus Christ, he would establish churches. When he was in Ephesus, he experienced uh, much persecution. Persecution. Uh, that is where the idol makers and the craftsmen, they started a riot. They they tried to kill him. They were after him to try to destroy him and take his life. Of course, he caught wind of it and, and he escaped. and uh, And so later on in Paul's ministry, he appointed Timothy. He appointed Timothy to basically look after the church at Ephesus. Timothy, who was pastoring, who was overseeing, who was being a blessing to this church. And uh, this is when, when he wrote these words. The book of 2 Timothy was Paul's letter from prison to Timothy to encourage him, to encourage him. Uh, you see, in our society, we have more knowledge. We have more safety devices. We have better precautions, but we're more afraid than ever. And Paul is writing to Timothy uh, when he was experiencing great persecution, lots of trials in Timothy's life and in the life of that church at Ephesus. Listen, this was not an easy place to lead a church. I'm sure Timothy had some fears. Uh, On top of that, of course, Paul being in prison. Listen, one one Bible commentator, his name is John Phillips, uh, he said this regarding the environment, the environment during which Timothy was pastoring the church. Okay, he said this. Uh, in Ephesus, he was talking about Ephesus and, and, and the environment there. He said, Caesar Nero was actively and aggressively persecuting Christians. Actively, aggressively. Later on, Domitian, and uh, he also had launched an attack, and Commodus, and Decius, and Severus, and Diocletian. Uh, Christians were being slaughtered in arenas. They were being burned alive in front of the statue of the sun god at the arena's entrance. Diocletian's persecution surpassed that of all of his predecessors. Every effort was made to stamp out Christians and to find and burn every existing copy of the scriptures. End quote. That's what Bible commentator Paul, uh, excuse me, John Phillips said with regards to the environment that Timothy was pastoring the church at Ephesus in. No wonder Paul had to call or write to him and say, hey, don't be stressed out. Don't be fearful. Don't worry. God is still in control. And I say to us this morning in 2020, God is still in control. Oh, yes, it looks like things are out of control. It looks as though, uh, you know, the Bible says in the book of Nahum that God hath his way in the whirlwind. When things are spinning, when things are out of control, when things seem like, man, we've lost it, it's 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 all coming apart. God says, don't worry, I'm in control. Uh, nothing is catching God by surprise. Uh, I like the statement, many preachers use it. Have, has it ever occurred to you that nothing has ever occurred to God? Uh, God's not looking down and saying, well, I didn't think that was gonna happen. He's, He's not up, up in heaven wringing His hands and fretting and worrying and saying, well, how are the folks at White Oak Baptist Church, how are they gonna make it? How are the folks in Connecticut, how are they gonna survive? How are the folks in the United States? I, I don't know. Man, uh, no, no, no that's not, that's not how God is, is, is seeing the events that are happening in our world right now. God is looking for you and for me as his children, as his sons and as his daughters, to look to him and say, Lord, I don't know what's happening. I'm afraid. I have some fear. Uh, But Lord, my faith in you is greater than the fear in my heart. My faith in you is greater. It was during this time, during all that persecution that Paul wrote to Timothy. Let's look at it again. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Look at verse number 5. Verse number 5. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee, by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear. Hey, church, can we, can we all agree that if we're fearful, that's not coming from God? Can we all agree? Can we all say, if I'm afraid, that's not the Lord making me afraid. That's my flesh. That's the devil. That's the world. uh, That's the circumstances around me. But it's not God. That spirit of fear does not come from the Lord. Let's continue. Verse 7. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Verse 8. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. Paul is telling Timothy, don't forget where you've come from. Don't forget the heritage that you have. Don't forget the faith that you have within you. Everything that God has given you. Listen, he's encouraging him not to forget his calling on his life. Uh, He's saying, Paul is saying to Timothy by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he's saying, listen, I know the circumstances are dire. I know that it looks horrible. I know the persecution is strong. I know that people are losing their lives. But Timothy, stay strong. Timothy, don't lose hope. Timothy, keep your faith in God, the faith that your grandmother gave you, the faith that your mother gave you. Don't lose your faith. Listen, there are people in our society today, and again, there's churches that are not meeting, and we're not judging them. But let me tell you something. I'm glad that White Oak Baptist Church is still having their services. I'll be honest with you. And again, I'm not going to judge churches that don't have services. Uh, listen, that's why we're called independent fundamental Baptist churches, okay? All right? God leads that pastor, and, and as he feels comfortable, and as he feels led of God, he's going to lead that church. Uh, but I'm glad that we're still having services. By the way, we're still having church tonight, by the way. Amen? All right? So I know we probably have a smaller crowd, but that's okay. We're going to meet together, and we're going to worship the Lord, and we're going to listen to the preaching of the Word of God. Listen, he's telling Timothy, Paul is, don't lose hope. Uh, Don't be fearful. Don't fret. Don't worry. Trust in God. And I believe God is telling us today the exact same message. He said, don't be fearful. Don't be afraid. Don't worry. Don't stress out. Trust in God. You know, I've lived in many different states, unfortunately, um, but I've lived in Maryland. I've lived in New York. I've lived in Ohio. I've lived in Florida two times. And now I've lived in Connecticut. (laughs) Don't laugh. Anyway, um, I'm telling you, I'm trying to settle. Anyway, uh, so each one of these states that we've lived in, I've seen people go absolutely berserk. If, if, if it's in the north and there's a storm coming, a, a snowstorm, people go crazy. Uh, if it's in the south and there's a hurricane coming, they go nuts. Uh, we were in, we were in Wachula, Florida, and, uh, there was a hurricane that was supposed to come directly. I mean, it was, it was, it was predicted to come directly through our town. And the people were going berserk. Oh, you got to get this, and you got to buy this, and you got to stock up on this, and you got to do this. And I'm just looking at them like, okay, whatever, right? So finally, Trina and I said, okay, let's go get, you know, let's. We have a, a small a grill, and so I said, let's go get some propane tanks, and, and let's get some extra water, and let's get a little extra this, a little extra that. You know what happened? That thing veered to the east. It never came through. You know, I still have some of those things that I bought. I'm like, you got to be kidding me! I still got this stuff that I'm toting back and forth that I haven't used. Uh, why? Because people tried to, uh, and you know, not, they were they were uh, obviously caring about me and wanted me to to not be doing without. Uh, but they stressed me out just a little bit. But it's happened in every state I've lived in. Uh, it happened in Maryland. It happened in New York. It happened in Ohio. It's happening in Connecticut. Just try to go get some toilet paper. <laughs> Goodness gracious! What in the world is going on? people are gone nuts anyway god god wants to remind us we can trust him he'll take care of us i love the passage in matthew chapter 6 uh where where the lord is telling his disciples he's telling his uh, the people that are listening to him as he's preaching that sermon on the mount he's saying listen sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof he says worry about today today and don't be so stressed out about tomorrow you don't even know if you're going to be here tomorrow now praise the lord i hope we all here tomorrow okay Alright, I hope we're all here. But listen, God says, trust me for your daily needs. Your daily needs. Now, I'm not saying be irresponsible. I'm not saying uh, don't buy, you know, a pack of toilet paper. But what I am saying is don't buy ten packs of toilet paper. You know, other people need toilet paper too, you know. Hello? Y'all with me? Don't buy, you know, six packs of, of water. I mean, other people need bottles of water too. But this is what's happening. Trina went to the store yesterday, man. She couldn't find toilet paper anywhere. And I'm thankful that White Oak Baptist Church was a blessing to us when we first moved here. And they gave us a ton of toilet paper. It's, we still have it. Praise the Lord. Amen. Y'all must have known this was going to happen. <laughs> and let's get into the message, all right? Point number one. Point number one. Fear makes us powerless. I got three points. I got three points and we'll be done. I won't keep you long. Fear makes us powerless. It makes us feel weak. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power. Uh, the opposite of power uh, is weakness. The opposite of power is powerlessness. Uh, and so fear is the opposite of faith. When we're fearful, we are not confident. We are not bold. We are paralyzed. Uh, we feel powerless. Uh, listen, you ever, you ever been in, uh, I've never been in an emergency situation where, uh, where there's a car accident or, or some type of emergency where I have to call 911. I've never experienced that. OK, um, I mean, I've had little fender benders here, but nothing like major where, you know, someone's bleeding out and that kind of thing. Uh, but listen, when, when someone's in an emergency situation, uh, they feel like there's there's no hope. Uh, they're powerless. There's nothing they can do. But when they see uh, when someone calls 911 and they see that first responder come, all of a sudden their hopes lift. All of a sudden, their heart, they're like, oh, I have hope. I'm going to survive. I'm going to make it because someone who does have power, someone who does have strength, someone who does have knowledge, someone who does have the resources to help me survive this situation is here. Hey, Christian. If you ever feel powerless, if you ever feel fearful, hey, listen, let's make sure we keep our eyes on someone who does have power, someone who does have the resources, someone who does have the wherewithal to help us in our circumstance and our negative situation. And that's the Lord. He has all power. And so we feel powerless when we lose sight of who God truly is. In Mark chapter 4, we have uh, one example of this with the Lord Jesus Christ and the disciples. You remember, uh, he told them, uh, a sail across the sea. Uh, We're going to go to the other side. So he literally said to them, we are going to the other side. He said that. That was his words. Now, he went to sleep uh, in this ship they were in uh, as they were traveling across the sea, and a storm came up. Y'all remember this passage in Mark chapter 4? A storm came up, and they started to do what? Oh, oh, Lord, oh, oh, we're not gonna make it. Lord, wake up, help us, help us. And listen, he had already said they're gonna make it. He had already told them prior to them starting that voyage, we're going to the other side. And of course, he calmed the storm. But he said, he said this in Mark chapter 4 verse 10. And he said unto them, why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? You see, your, when your fear increases, your faith decreases. And when your faith increases, your fear decreases. And so we need to make sure we understand uh, fear makes us powerless. Uh, faith is the opposite of fear. Fear is the opposite of faith. First John chapter 4, verses 17 and 18. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness, boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Fear makes us powerless. It makes us paralyzed. Uh, It makes us not be bold and move forward uh, for what God wants us to do. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I look outside our our doors and our windows of our home, and we live on Howe Avenue there, uh, 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 110 there in Shelton there's a lot of traffic, lots of traffic, lots of traffic on this road. We have dogs, and so we let them out. We got to be careful, you know, they don't go out on the road. But but I'll be honest with you, the last two or three days, I thought, well, the traffic's going to be less because, you know, people are going to stay home. And it hasn't changed one bit. There's still a ton of traffic. People are still going out shopping. People are still going to markets. People are still doing all that they're doing. But listen, there are some people who are gripped with the fear of going out in public. A farmer had to go to town for supplies And he realized that a river that he had to cross had frozen over. It had thawed out and frozen over. It had happened several times. And in the process of this freezing and thawing, large chunks of ice had destroyed the bridge. By the time he got to to the river, uh, it was frozen yet again. And and, However, the bridge was out, so he couldn't cross the river over the bridge. Uh, The man was afraid that the ice might not be thick enough to support him. And so he decided to get down on his hands and knees. And so he would spread out his weight over four different points. And, and so he slowly, he crawled across the river. Slowly crawled across. And he, he was saying to himself as he crawled on the ice in this river, he said, Man, I hope I make it. Man, I hope I make it. I hope I make it. And finally, he made it all the way across. He, he got on the other side of the bank of the river. And he said, Yes, I made it. Just then, as he turned around, he saw a neighbor drive across the river in his horse and buggy without the ice cracking an inch. The man was so angry at himself uh, that we, he, he, he went on his way back, on his way back to, to his home from going into town, uh, that he was stomping on the ice and, and he was just as hard as he could uh, just because he was so upset at how embarrassed he was. And so uh, the man was just as safe both times as he crossed. The problem was he thought that he wasn't safe. The problem was here. The problem was not in the ice the problem when it was in his mind, was in his heart, and so he was just as safe both times he crossed. Listen, uh, we need to understand that our safety does not depend on our behavior. Our safety does not depend on, on, on us making sure we wear a mask, we wear gloves, we don't shake hands, we do this. And listen, I'm not saying don't do all that. If that's what you choose to do, that's fine. That's your business. But listen, we're not guaranteed to avoid the virus if we do all those things. And we're not guaranteed to get the virus if we don't do all those things. Are you all with me? What we're guaranteed is whatever God wills. And so I trust Him, and I'm going to be as responsible as I can, uh, and I'm, in, I'm safe in the arms of my heavenly Father every day of my life. You see, it's an argument from the greater to the lesser. If I can trust God and have faith in God that He can save my eternal, never-dying soul from going to the lake of fire, and He can give me a home in heaven for all of eternity, I can believe God for that then why am I worried about whether I'm going to get toilet paper for tomorrow? <laughs> I know it's humorous, but it's true. Right? Why am I stressing out? I say, Lord, Lord, I don't know what we're going to do about you know, tomorrow. And, and God says, I got you, man. Just take it easy. Just relax. You're going to be okay. I got you covered. I'm going to provide everything that you need. The problem that we have in the 21st century is that we don't only want God to provide our needs, we want Him to also provide our wants. You see, because our wants and our needs are not the same. You know, what we need is we need uh, food, we need clothing, we need shelter. That's what we need. But, you know, we have to have, you know, our live streaming internet service and we have to have, you know, the heat has to be just right. And we have to have not just water. We got to make sure we have, uh, you know, our tea and, and our soda and our coffee. Coffee, amen. Uh, (laughs) All you coffee drinkers out there, all right? And we got to make sure we got just the right creamer, and and, and those are wants, and we start to confuse our wants with our needs. Are are y'all with me this morning? And so let's make sure we trust the Lord. Fear makes us powerless. You see, faith is the opposite of fear. It gives us insight into foresight like it's hindsight. That's what faith does. I like this definition for the word faith. I heard a preacher say it uh, a few years back, and it stuck with me. Uh, Faith is believing it is so, even when it's not so, until it becomes so, because my God said so. That's a tremendous definition of the word faith. It's believing it is so, even when it's not. Uh, Because he said it's going to happen, I'm trusting and I'm believing in him. That's faith. Let's have faith, let's not have, have fear. Number two. Fear not only makes us powerless, number two, fear makes us possessive, possessive. Uh, we've already mentioned this a few times. Uh, fear makes us possessive. It makes us greedy. Second uh, Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, look at it again. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of, what's the next word? Love. I, I love the fact that our pastor has, uh, for our church, the theme, love works. Because I think in our world, we have a, 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 an incorrect, unbiblical definition of what love truly is. And the Bible tells us that God's given us a spirit of love. And we need to show love. Listen, uh, what do people naturally do when they're in an emergency situation? Uh, when they're thinking, okay, this is it, I'm going to die. Or uh, they're in, a, in, a, in a, an environment where there's other people that are going to die. Uh, they look out for number one, right here. We, we start to uh, self-preserve. Self-preserve. Whatever the word is, you know, self-preserve ourselves, right? Self-preservation is what I'm trying to say. Uh, and so we, we, we—that self-preservation kicks in, and we want to think about us. Listen, we'll do all that we can for make ourselves to, to help ourselves survive, even if that means that someone else doesn't. That's what—that's what we get into. Listen, that's not biblical love. That's selfish. That's greedy. That's looking out for me. Uh, again, uh, we reference the toilet paper. Okay, <laughs> I'll make sure I get as much toilet paper as I want, as I need. I don't care if anybody else has any. It becomes greedy. You all with me? And it's not just toilet paper. It's other things that people do the same thing with. And so uh, we need to have a spirit of love, not a spirit of possession and possessing so many things that we try to preserve ourselves. There, there was a famine in the land in the book of First Kings. And God told Elijah to go to this town called Zarephath. Uh, God told Elijah he had a widow woman there and she was going to feed him. During a famine, people are struggling, there's not a lot of food, Uh, people are dying. He says, go to Zarephath, I'm going to use this uh, widow lady to feed you. When he got there, he met the widow and he asked her for a drink of water, she gave him a drink of water. Then he said, hey, give me a little cake, give me a little cake, give me some food, give me some bread. And the lady said, well... Uh, all I got is a little bit of oil. Uh, all I have is, you know, uh, uh, this 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 little meal, this little flour here. And, and and as a matter of fact, she said in 1 Kings chapter number 17, verse 12, And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal and a barrel and a little oil and a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it. I'm going to go in and, and prepare it for me and for my son that we may eat and die. She says, I'm not going to give you the last of what I have. This is all I've got left. You see how she was possessive? You see how she was fearful of her life? She thought she was going to die. And she said, no, no, no. I'm going to hoard this for me and for my son. And of course, we understand the story as it played out. Elijah told her, hey, you feed me first and God will make sure that you don't do without. And First Kings chapter 17, verse 15 and 16. And she went by faith. She went and did according to the saying of Elijah. And she and he and her house did eat many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruse of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. Hey, Christian, let's be selfless, not selfish, during this time. Let's show the world what godly love truly looks like. When, when they're panicking, and they're worrying, and they're stressing, and, and they're all uh, hoarding, and, and, and being greedy, let's be giving. You're saying, Pastor Morales, what are you talking about? You know, things, there's a shortage. If I read my Bible correctly, God told that lady, give of your last. Give of your last. And I'll bless in such a way that you'll have more than you can account for. And God's teaching us during this time, when there's a lack, when there's fear, Hey, give and show love. Don't be greedy. Don't be selfish. Let's look at number three. We see fear makes us powerless. Fear makes us possessive. Number three, fear makes us panic. It makes us panic, and and basically um, it, it it makes us go a little uh, be uh, not thinking correctly. Look at it. Second Timothy chapter one verse seven. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. A sound mind. The idea of a sound mind is someone is thinking, thinking rather clearly, uh, using proper logic, using good judgment. And fear makes us irrational. Fear, you, you ever seen, um, I, I remember images, a video from 9-11, uh, September, uh, uh, September 11, 2001. And y'all remember the images? Y'all remember the people running, and rightly so, running you remember the chaos? Uh, I mean, people were fearful, and rightly so, and running. I mean, it was absolute pandemonium. See, fear makes us panic. Uh, It makes us run. Uh, It makes us uh, not think logically, not think. uh, One of the things that that God has gifted me with is the ability to not knee-jerk. Usually when things happen, I'm very slow, uh, and I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm just that's just the way I am. I'm very mellow. I'm very slow to to react, where people are knee jerking and and responding. And, and they go and I say, just chill out, calm down. I remember when I was in high school, my uh my I was my tenth grade year. I played football, and something that my coach said that has stuck with me to this day. We had lost the championship, the city championship that year. Uh, I think 28 to 25, and uh, we were all just despondent, depressed, and, and upset. He took us over to the uh, the goalpost where we have our, you know, end of the, the game meeting. And, and he said, he said, gentlemen, the sun will come up tomorrow. And, you know, we were 15, 16 years old. We like, what are you talking about? You know, we just lost the biggest game of our life. you can't. The sun will come up tomorrow. Now, if the Lord tarries and he doesn't rapture us out of here, guess what? The sun will come up tomorrow. Tomorrow, stop worrying, stop stressing and start trusting and start having faith in God. Because what we do when we're fearful is we panic and we, we go into panic mode and we start thinking irrationally, we start thinking crazy thoughts and, and we go and we don't think logically. Listen, we need to be careful not to respond, not to react, but trust God that He's gonna do the right thing. I love being around people who have that even keel. I love being around people who don't panic. I love being around... There's people that if there's an emergency, they're not the ones you go to for help. You, you with me? Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? If there's something going down and, and we need some assistance, there's people... I'm looking at certain people. I ain't going to them. They won't make it worse. You with me? And listen, if your spouse is like that, God bless you. All right? <laughs> If your children are like that, hey, you need to help them. Listen, I, I'm glad that I'm one of those persons. I, I try really hard. I don't panic. I don't knee-jerk. I, I, don't, I don't respond, you know, quickly. I, I'm slow. Uh, and I don't know what that... God just put that in me and I thank Him for it because it has helped um, m- many other people in certain circumstances. It's helped my wife. It's helped my children. It's helped our family. Listen, just stay calm. Stay calm. Trust God. When, when the time comes for you to panic, all right, God will tell you when to panic. But some people, that's the first response is panic, 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 panic. And I just say, chill out. Take it easy. Breathe. Inhale. Exhale. Inhale. Exhale. June 18th, 1815. June 18th, 1815 was one of the most decisive uh, days in world history. Napoleon Bonaparte had just left the island of Elba where he had been exiled. He was rebuilding his army. He sailed back to the mainland of Europe with 75,000 of perhaps the finest fighting troops in the world. There, Napoleon was attempting to reconquer Europe and it seemed as though no one was going to be able to stop him. The Duke of Wellington, who was the commander-in-chief of the British forces, he offered to do his best to stop Napoleon. He gathered about 67,000 troops from Britain and other various allied countries in Europe. Now, remind you, Napoleon had 75,000 troops. Duke of Wellington had 67. 67,000 rather. Uh, he engaged Napoleon in battle in, in a village in Belgium named Waterloo. This was to be the most decisive battle in the history of Europe in many respects. If Napoleon won this battle, then he would more than likely continue his raid and conquering of the rest of Europe. The battle raged for hours. The people in England were were waiting and wondering, uh, can the Duke of Wellington win this battle? Uh, They arranged a way to get the news of the result of the war as soon as possible. Of course, this is in the days before you know technology like we have today, communication and, and things of that nature. They had set up a plan in which a ship would sail into a specific channel. That ship would use flags to relay the message of who won the battle to those who were on the shores of Dover, up in a tower uh, with spyglasses fixed on the ship. Later that day, the ship began signaling with the flags. The men in the tower began noting carefully the message. It said in letters spelling out, Wellington defeated. Wellington defeated. Then a fog came over the ship. The lookout in the tower was discouraged, but he got the message out as quickly as he could, and and, and, uh, the messengers that were waiting, and they took the news uh, throughout all Europe, and it spread like wildfire across England. Wellington defeated. They knew that it was just a matter of time before Napoleon uh, would sail across the channel and conquer England as well. Hopelessness, despair, fear set in. I'm sure that in some people's cases, even panic set in. About an hour later, however, the fog lifted and that same ship fired a cannon to get the attention of those that were in the tower. They weren't done with the message. The flags began to single the third and final word of that message. Wellington defeated Napoleon. Wellington defeated Napoleon. The complete message, the third word to that message, helped them understand the truth. That the news, uh, the news then spread throughout England, and joy and excitement filled the hearts of the people once again. Hey, folks, this is a bad situation. We agree, but you know what? We don't need to panic. We don't need to stress. We don't need to worry. Our God is still in control. Our God is still on the throne of the universe. Our God is not surprised by the things that are taking place. Let's make sure that we hear and see the entire message. Not just, oh, panic, a virus, oh, people dying. Well, people die every day, and not all of them are dying from the coronavirus, And so let's make sure that we don't let fear grip our hearts and paralyze us and cause us to not have faith in God. Let me give you a a last point. It's not on on the screen. I just thought of it this morning. I thought this is a, a good addition to the end of the message. Fear makes us prudent. It makes us prudent. You see, because there is a fear of man, there's a fear of the world, there's a fear of the flesh, and then there's the fear of God. That respect, that reverence, that trust in Almighty God to do what's best and what's right. The Bible says in Proverbs on, on a number of occasions uh, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom or knowledge. The fear of God. And so instead of fearing men, instead of fearing viruses, instead of fearing the world, hey, let's put our fear in God Almighty. Let's fear Him. I had a, uh, I was sifting through my Twitter. This uh, past week, and a young man by the name of Michael Clark, uh, he's related to the Clark family down in, uh, uh, in in Jersey at Solid Rock Baptist Church. He tweeted this, and I thought this is perfect. This is this is what we need right now. We can either fear things, and he used an acronym: "Forget everything and run" for fear. "Forget everything and run," or we can fear God, face everything, and rise. Face everything, and rise. It's our choice. We can choose to either fear things or fear God. Hey, let's be let's not be in the grip of fear of things. Let's be in the, the the hands of fearing God and understand that everything that happens is filtered through his hands. He knows what's best, he'll do what's best. We trust him. I, I like what some people have said, they said, Well what's the worst that can happen? I can die and go to heaven. Amen? <laughs> Obviously, we don't want anyone to die. But listen, for those of us that are saved, that's not a threat. That's not a threat. And again, we're going to do the very best that we can. We're going to be responsible. Uh, We're going to be uh, folks that, that do the right thing. But at the end of the day, we're not going to panic. We're not going to stress out. And we're going to trust God. Amen? Let's bow together for a word of prayer. Father in heaven, Lord, we love you this morning. Lord, we thank you for this reminder from your word. Lord, we needed it. Lord, all need this reminder, especially during these difficult times. And, Lord, we just pray, dear God, that you would help each and every one of us. Lord, those of us that are here this morning that know you personally, that have trusted you as our Savior, Lord, may we be, a, a, again, a, a light to this world, this dark world. Lord, may we be a, a, a picture of hope, a picture of faith. Lord, please help us to encourage others. Help us not to panic. Help us not distress and worry and be fearful. Lord, please, may you use us for your glory and for your honor. May you draw people to you. May unsaved people, Lord, uh, have a a greater desire to know you because of the fear that they're they're experiencing. Lord, may they come to you. Help us, Lord, to be an instrument uh, towards that end. Lord, we do love you. In Jesus' name we pray.